0: Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we talk about episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. We're finished with beyond for now, possibly forever. Uh, We're back to the zone, back to the middle of season three, person or persons unknown. This is Matt here. Over there is Mark. What is it? Hi, it's
1: Mark. Excited to be back on this podcast to resume talking about this show right when it jumps the shark.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, is this a shark jump for you? Yeah, a big big reveal at the big start. old shark jump. Okay, Dude, we'll... I,
1: sh- I just jumped to the end of the episode, I guess. But yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll we'll get into that a bit. But um, mm-hmm. I will start with the trivia. The Original air date was March twenty third, nineteen sixty two. This episode was directed by series regular John Bram and written by Charles Beaumont who typically brings his sharpened blade of trippiness to the zone, but maybe not here, according to Mark. We will, we will see.
1: That's trippy, but...
0: David Gurney was played by Richard Long. He was a TV man taking on leading roles on The Big Valley, Nanny and the Professor, and Bourbon Street Beat. But he still made it to the big screen a couple of times, most notably in William Castle's House on Haunted Hill. Ooh. Frank Silvera played Dr. Kozlinko. His trade was mostly on the Broadway stage, where he won a 1963 Best Actor Tony for his role in The Lady of the Camellias. He also founded the L.A.-based Theater of Being, which was a venue for black actors, and appeared in Stanley Kubrick's first two films, Fear and Desire and Killer's Kiss. Uh, those are the ones that I don't think even Kubrick was uh, would... He wouldn't refer to those as his first films. He's like first one's killer, <laughs> mm. which has just been remade. By, Wait, uh, that's
1: that's the Fincher movie is a remake of the Kubrick movie?
0: I actually I don't know that. I just assumed that I could be wrong. You know what? I, I think I'm think wrong so. on that. Yeah, I don't no, think so. you, no. I thought that and then I saw an article and then realized I was uh, wrong, but I haven't like programmed that into my head yet. So <laughs> I yeah. haven't seen either
1: one. So shh, don't tell anybody.
0: Okay. I was just kind of hoping for that, you know, that Fincher would be like, oh, "I'm going to make remake a Kubrick That'd be interesting.
1: That would, yeah. I'd, I'd be into that. You should remake a Clockwork Orange and call it Fight Club Two. <laughs>
0: oh, a little bit more trivia. Sorry, our first Wilma was played by Shirley Ballard. While her professional credits are a little slim, she was Miss California in 1944. Um, I guess that just got her a few roles because Wilma doesn't speak that much in here, does she? So,
1: uh, not a little bit more than two Wilma two
0: more than too but yeah not that much just on imdb or wiki or whatever it was just like cameo uncredited you know blah blah so i was like oh i guess that's not a whole lot of credits Mm -hmm. um i I think i mentioned a few times i was transcribing the one step beyond prologues but now you get to be lazy again and just uh you know spew forth the twilight zone prologue onto the screen in a moment Yes, I'm vamping because I forgot to do it ahead of time. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Here we go.
1: Okay, Okay, I'm just going to make up a, a character. Cameo of a man who has just lost his most valuable possession. He doesn't know about the loss yet. In fact, he doesn't even know about the possession because, like most people, David Gurney has never really thought about the matter of his identity. But he's going to be thinking a great deal about it from now on because that is what he's lost. And his search for it is going to take him into the darkest corners of the Twilight Zone.
0: Right. You gave up right at the cusp. I didn't
1: give up. That was a choice.
0: Okay. We we all make choices. I make a lot of them. Excuse me for froggy voice, everyone today. Uh, It's as I told you before we started recording, it's got it got very dry and very cold all at once, and my sinuses are uh, against that, it seems.
1: Go to toss you back into the pond, look out. Got yeah, to toss you back in the pond.
0: Oh no. So Whoa. I thought I thought this one might like hit your personal fears as per our earlier conversations. Just the idea that everyone suddenly doesn't know you and, and stuff. So but it seems it, you did not land on that page.
1: This is the thing. This is like the most cynical plot twist I've ever seen in my life, possibly in anything. <laughs> I, the plot twist is it was a dream. Also, now his wife's somebody else. <laughs> it's just I can't. This is the the thing I cannot.
0: Just go. With I cannot it. You just make upgraded. my.
1: I cannot. When something is just a dream, I cannot make my brain take it seriously.
0: I don't. I don't. I had a slightly different reaction. I just thought of the um the simpsons where homer is traveling through time and with his toaster and at the end is like eh, mm. close enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that makes sense but but also
1: it's it's sort of a thing where this isn't this is far from the only case of this but a lot of it you're just staring at at um what's his name david david gurney
0: david gurney
1: david you're just staring at david gurney and he just doesn't understand what's happening at all it it's he just it's just he will not accept that, that there are uh, alien forces. He's like, someone's out to get me. Like, nobody, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not enough of a conspiracy theorist. I feel like nobody would go through that much trouble to to screw with this guy who's obviously sort of just a regular schlub who doesn't really have any enemies, doesn't really have any power.
0: Now, but now then, well, it could just be a weird trick of the universe. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I guess in Groundhog's yeah. day, Bill Murray's character is yeah. a bit of a, a prick, but I mean, he's not like, more so than a lot of people
1: but but the thing is is he doesn't ever seem to understand what's actually happening until it starts just getting weird and then he wakes up it's it's sort of like what you're what you're what i was watching what i was reacting to is this guy just not actually getting what's happening it's just it's just i i guess this is a typical uh like white male from the 60s like what do you mean what do you mean I don't exist? That's I'm ridiculous. Not entitled Get anymore. someone on the phone. Get someone on the phone, and I'll tell them who I am. They'll tell <laughs> you.
0: I'll tell you who I am, which Here's I'm doing right now.
1: Secret bartender that I have enough money to go see every day. And don't tell anybody about. Ah, he'll now tell you.
0: Now you're turning into Gary Grant's Walter Thornhill or whatever his name was. Yeah, it was it it's like, tell
1: tell somebody. Yeah, but the thing <laughs> is, is that he actually he actually dealt with his situation. Okay, he dealt. He dealt with it stupidly, but not this. This is just an obnoxious. Roger, not
0: Walter. There, just my memory is Did coming say, back to me. Oh. No, I said Walter instead. Oh, of Roger. you said Walter. <laughs> all
1: right. Um, yeah, he he dealt with it kind of stupidly, but sometimes he was smart. And this guy just just uh, incredulous. That's all it. He's just incredulous the whole time. And, and the twist doesn't. It sort of doesn't work because I'm thinking to myself. So I, I guess, why would his wife have the same house? Uh, I guess he didn't get anyone a job who works there because they wouldn't have had a job there if he hadn't existed. He, he, is is he so insignificant that the world is exactly the same with him never existing? Sure. <laughs> That's kind of wild, right?
0: Maybe she was a trust fund kid and they were living on that money and bought a house with that money.
1: That makes perfect sense but but there was enough to just put a little bit of a like she didn't decorate the house differently living by herself it was just sort of
0: I a mean, little make-
1: thing and then the the photo lab thing didn't make any sense at all really for it to or to be in the photo and then she's not in the photo but Back obviously the, that was the part that well that well that's the waking up from the dream is like this isn't right i'm gonna then makes you wake up and then it was just a dream and you've just been watching a dream so yeah, yeah the other, this pushes the other... buttons different than what you thought they were pushing
0: oh the other thing that really came to mind with uh, Simpsons wise was the world without zinc uh, which one is that it's where the, the kids like I don't care about zinc and then all the zinc in the world disappears
1: vaguely remember he that tries
0: to kill himself with a pistol but the pistol doesn't work oh right the firing mechanism like, oh, that needs no.
1: zinc right okay that was just a scare film that happened in that series for like a couple minutes
0: right yeah yeah like, I guess just in terms of incredulousness I, uh I, I was would, just my
1: brain was like what episode was based was was that and that wasn't really a plot of an episode.
0: I, I I was just actually talking to people about this last night, but um on Star Trek The Next Generation uh there's the episode Frame of Mind, which is a little bit like this maybe done better. Do you remember that one that's where Commander Riker's in a weird alien psychiatric institute and keeps like waking up into another illusion of an alien uh institute or being on the enterprise and then that's a delusion and stuff i vaguely remember
1: that honestly i'm starting to slip whenever i hear references on mission log of of uh, episodes of that series so i think i just need to go back and i think it's been overwritten in my brain by a bunch of other stuff you need to make flashcards do another one you have to get to another title, rewatch. <laughs>
0: you, you write the episode title on one side and like a one-sentence plot summary on the other side. And then you do those at parties. That sounds great. Uh, everyone will be very <laughs> excited. Hey, they might be at this point in time. Um, He does commit Grand Theft Auto twice. He knows he's doing... Well, the first time, he doesn't quite know. But the second time, he definitely knows. We have, you know,
1: the, the Twilight Zone little trademark of a guy falling out a window but he just absolutely just jumps through it like he's like he's a brick being thrown through the window it's incredible oh
0: that was the best way to get out of a psychiatric office ever so that that was I love that little moment that was that's (laughs) I bet they put bars on those windows in the future yeah my note is yes that is the way we leave a mental institution (laughs) I mean
1: don't yeah don't get me wrong this was a fun episode to watch it's just the twist kind of ruined it to me Um, yeah it's weird. It I was. I almost
0: forgot about the twist. I kind of. I say that more and more for these episodes. Where it's like the twist, like, is barely like noticeable for me. Like, I mostly forgot about this until we started talking about it just now. I was like, "What are we going to talk about?" Oh, that confrontation with his wife. His experience talking to the doctor. That's what stuck with me from this episode. And mm-hmm. yeah, the twist. I was like, well, whatever. Okay. That, that was, the twist seemed frivolous. I will give it that. Whereas the but- before that was a little bit more weird dark
1: i just um i know i i know 99 chance that the way this was written was they wrote it and they had something good and they couldn't figure out how to tie a bow on it so they just said did something and good enough but in my like in my mind when i'm watching this it's sort of like oh you're you're looking for a twist are you well guess what it was just a dream Oh, and uh, his wife's different.
0: <laughs>
1: it feels just totally cynical. Like, here you go. Here's some sloppy idiot.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Because, yeah, I feel <laughs> like Beaumont is kind of coming in with, the, you know, non-buggy Kafka sort of views like this or potentially dream.
1: Yeah, I feel like he usually hits for me pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I don't pay a, a ton of attention to who writes these, but I feel like I typically like his stuff. Maybe I was giving him like
0: five extra points just because uh, of previous love of some of his episodes.
1: I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe they gave him a ton of episodes to write this season. He's just like, yeah, whatever, it's a dream, and his wife's different.
0: And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe the idea is let's lighten things up after this kind of Kafka stuff for 20 minutes.
1: That's possible. I, I can't really. I couldn't find a whole lot about this episode. I couldn't find a whole lot of people who disliked this episode. So I don't really know. Um, I don't know how people felt or how he felt writing it. It's just for me, the twist is bad and insulting. Well, let's put yourself <laughs> like it.
0: without the twist. Let's put yourself in the situation because you were talking about how he just couldn't accept it for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. If you woke up, I'm like, well, if, if in this situation I'd wake up and my guitars and Pet t- Sounds t-shirts would be gone. So that would definitely have me in a bad mood because when he's talking to Wilma, everything he says comes across as weirdly threatening, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, he like grabs her and puts her up against the wall. Probably because he does that all the time. Yeah, probably. Their marriage didn't seem to be working oh. out. This Maybe this is for the best.
1: Yeah, he sleeps in all of his clothes. <laughs> well, you know, this is the first... You saw that in the trivia, right? This is like the first instance of a two people in a bed in a TV show. Apparently. I
0: did I did write they are in the same bed. I guess that's TV progressive. So I noticed that was mm-hmm. the case, but I didn't know it was the first.
1: Well, I think it's uh it's just assumed, but we don't know for sure because nobody keeps all that many records, and it wasn't like it wasn't like they put it on the advertisement tonight on CBS you'll see two people in a bed. You know, it's a it, just <laughs> figured they could do it um it's also possibly the first instance of someone dialing a 555 number which is also ah. funny because i was the whole time i was like how do you know those numbers you know as you know the numbers, numbers were, if he doesn't exist he knows who's up so to the, the numbers
0: phone numbers were so weird back in the day. Dyke,
1: did you yeah. did you do any uh research on why the clot on how those numbers worked
0: because nope. i did i did oh, there's okay. a whole bunch you, of
1: ever different cities have a bunch of different prefixes that are all different words.
0: Yeah. I was just like, gee, that's (laughs) That's a weird phone number. And then didn't think about it much, but uh, Mm -hmm. did you, was that your research? Did you have some more?
1: Basically I was trying to find out what was six, 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 and it wasn't interesting. Whatever it was.
0: Uh, you don't even remember. Nah, it's like the,
1: the, the letter is correspond to the numbers. I don't, I don't know. It was it was not interesting enough that I would uh, remember it, but um it is pretty interesting that there's this pioneering going on of these trivial little things. While, well, I guess it's not trivial for two people to be in a bed.
0: Right. I mean, hey, we noticed this. Unless... Oh, yeah, just speaking of um him being threatening though, his first line to Wilma is, Where's the razor? That seems nice and calming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe she's lucky to have been swapped out with another person.
0: Um, would it but, be but fun?
1: My, well, sorry, you were saying earlier, you were sort of asking how I would react in this situation. I would. I was thinking about this while I was watching it. I would immediately just quiet down a whole lot and start working on a plan to try and steal some identity that I could escape from all whatever the hell I just did. I definitely wouldn't grab a cop and throw him into a wall. <laughs> I
0: wouldn't go to my desk and be like,
1: What are you doing in my desk? This is my desk. Like, by then, I would have figured out what was going on.
0: It would be fun to learn everyone's name in a random office and then go say hi to them, just like as a bit.
1: Yeah, it's like, I even, yeah, even that early in the episode, I was just sort of like, I would go into my job and tentatively say, Hey, police officer Al, do you know me? do you recognize me and then he says no and then i just leave you're like no i gotta get out of here
0: and of course after escaping the police and, and is this when he's stealing another car he goes to the bar that's kind of fun
1: mm-hmm. yeah he hotwires a huge van well, he tries to hotwire <laughs> a few different cars and then the van is the one that works and then, then yeah he goes to the bar and <laughs> you sees know sam the- and he can he, say, he says what sam's wife I mean, at the time, I was like, he says what Sam's wife's name is, etc. And Sam he does not react. Stalker. Well, he doesn't re, Yeah, but he doesn't react. So I'm like, does he? But it doesn't matter because it's all a dream. And all it's fake. It's all his head. It doesn't matter. Nothing that happens matters. <laughs> he doesn't do any of this.
0: I mean, I guess the closest I've had to this is when my grandmother once told me that she never had any children, but she also had a brain tumor at the time. So.
1: Oh. Damn. Well, I, we, we act and at, at then, that point
0: It had been the case for five years. So everybody actually thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, five years and you just have to find that sort of thing. Funny, don't you? Um,
1: yeah. Unfortunately, my grandmother had the the type of dementia where she just stopped talking after a while, but.
0: Oh yeah. She, uh, uh, my grandmother kept talking. So she'd say interesting stuff yeah. like that. Not really offensive. So that was good. Cause I guess some people uh. have a have dementia and turn into like, you know, uber racists or, or something. When well, there was this? a lot of oh, friction oh, gone, because girl. my
1: grandmother got mean before my ah. grandmother got mean before she stopped talking. Okay. But, see,
0: my, my grandmother wasn't mean. She just would say weird stuff like that and to keep reading the same page of a book for like years. But Which, the thing that's is, a Twilight Zone thing, isn't it? Oh
1: God. Yeah. The thing is but, my grandmother only really she only really like made upset her children because they're the ones who who were were more i I was sort of like oh that's funny when she said something mean to me i would just be like okay well it's not it's not you don't you don't you're you can't your feelings can't really be hurt by your grandparents as much as by your parents i think Mm,
0: yeah but anyway she was she was just doing like sitcom one-liner so i guess we had a better trip Mm. uh on my end okay um (laughs) um oh what was the other oh i i just watched gone girl where they have you know Ben Affleck's father who has dementia and has turned into a complete aggressive curmudgeon so I didn't have that to deal with so that was nice that's more like yeah. this guy that's more like Gurney here <laughs> yeah he, it's like he already has dementia right and he's screaming at everyone and being <laughs> threatening so
1: but I think he's just a regular guy because uh, I haven't uh, I'm like what, what other Twilight Zone protagonist does this remind me of they're definitely much more abrasive guys than this guy.
0: Who do, who do you make you think of? Well, I have an answer.
1: Okay, you answer because I might it might jog my memory.
0: I was thinking of walking distances. Marty, who is in a similarly weird situation, starts yelling at people and chasing himself as a kid, being like, "I want to talk to you," you know.
1: <laughs> Maybe well the the episode that this reminded me of is the episode that is called which I will look up.
0: the episode where the guy was an
1: actor, but he wasn't an actor.
0: I know what you're talking about. I don't have the title for you. End of season one, a world of difference here. I got it.
1: Yeah. Wait, is that it? I think so. A world of difference. No, you're thinking of a world of his own. And I think the guy, that's a different one. Really? Really?
0: Yeah, look, maybe like two episodes. Oh, you're before right. That.
1: That's a different. Okay. He kind of reminds me of the guy from a world of his own, but this episode reminds me of a world of difference, which I think is a much better episode.
0: I'll give you that. That is like prime stuff where this is a little more boilerplate. I didn't find it well, there's, particularly there's bad. A point. The twist didn't bug me as much, yeah. but I, I wasn't like, oh, this is like in my top 10 now or anything. Whereas the world of difference, I kind of was. Mm
1: hmm. That's the thing is there's a there's a point to that, and I cannot I cannot discern what the message of this episode is aside from maybe you don't exist.
0: You're not a real person unless you're in my phone book. I forgot who said that, but that, maybe as Carlin <laughs> again. But <laughs>
1: that's probably like... Harvey Weinstein said that. Ooh. <laughs> sorry.
0: Why? Why would he say that? Okay,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking of like the worst people in hollywood okay and that, that was immediately what popped into my head
0: <laughs> wouldn't um, I, you say with the carlin snark that's that's what we're going for here
1: but but also okay so not not only see that the photo part of the twist was nonsensical then he wakes up and then you know when the second wilma is when he's w- woke up and wilma's talking to him the second wilma is concealing her face for a really long time she's, yeah it's you know, so long it's like, like obviously she's, i thought she minutes. might be
0: deformed or something she might be the pig lady again from, i would
1: uh... that would have made no sense at all but i would have preferred that because at least it would have been like oh, i wish i was not exist didn't exist
0: again. she's one of the eye of the beholder pig people and then he's like yeah. close enough
1: yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> my that's my ending <laughs> <laughs> She's one of the eye of the beholder pig people, and she's just like, "All right, are you ready to go to the fascist?" M- Maybe speech? the
0: message of this episode is, "Don't drink moonshine." Um, I think this all starts with a yeah. horrible hangover. Uh, no, I think drinking, drinking
1: is bad. Could could be a thread here.
0: I guess there. Did she say, "Do you want a scotch martini?" I think no. It's she said, not... "Don't mix scotch and martinis.
1: Like, don't drink oh, scotch and then right. Drink martinis." Right. Okay. That's yeah. Okay. I think unless, he could unless, mix those two a little bit. I was gonna say unless <laughs> unless she's telling him not to literally put a scotch and a martini in the same glass and drink it.
0: See, that's why I was thinking this maybe because I was like scotch and martinis is not the worst mix. You could you could do a worse mix than those two.
1: I mean they're I feel like they occupy about the same flavor palette.
0: Do you have do you ever have like stress dreams like these
1: though? Um nothing like I don't exist type of stress dreams. I feel like I feel like if anything, my stress dreams are that I have too much responsibility. It's that that I that I'm too much I'm too important in my stress dreams.
0: I had a stress dream actually right I told you I woke up late when we started this podcast a few minutes late. And I was having a stress dream right before that i was at some kind of <clears throat> excuse me some not, I'm a, not camp as in like you know out in the woods but like you know like a week-long thing and i was hanging mm-hmm. out with these people and it's been a few days and i realized like i didn't like any of these people that i was hanging out with and that stressed mm-hmm. me out mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i woke up feeling like oh, a little gnarly right and then uh 20 minutes later we started this podcast because i i was like oh my voice is messed up which it turns out (laughs) it just is messed up i was like oh if i have coffee i'll be fine which turned out not to be the case but sorry folks Uh, if you're listening to mr frog today
1: they've already turned it off
0: yep they're like ah it's mr toad's wild ride i don't want i don't want that i actually would like i already hate this episode and now there's a frog
1: man telling me about it i'm going to turn this off
0: (laughs) um do you want to throw out any other random observations or should I start asking some questions?
1: Let me think here. There's a point when he leaves his house and he looks at Wilma and just says nut. That was kind of funny.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's great when the craziest person, uh, at least in the situation, calls someone else a nut. So
1: Also, also the guy who was Winston Churchill was very delightful.
0: Oh right, right. I already he, he gets to share a room with Churchill. How exciting! And I used yeah. to have one of those big black dial tone, dial phones, not dial tone dial phones. I remember calling girls on those in high school. Because this is my because this is my parents' room, and you want to have uh, mm. they were in the living room, so you would want to go have a private conversation, right? So I would call them on the big black dial phone.
1: Interesting. I I feel in like in the nineties. I feel like the phones that we had that were big were the ones. Do you remember the ones that were like beige and you'd rent them from the phone company? And the phone company got in trouble because they were, after they were stopped renting phones, they just kept charging people rent for phones for
0: years. <laughs> okay, maybe I was out of the country by the time that happened. I don't know, but um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, you I, weren't I,
1: out I, of the country. This was this was the eighties. Oh, okay. Like, like they were very this... substantial. They were they were little. They were small you know like a i don't know what you call that shape of just a little handheld phone with the the dial in the middle of the phone but they were oh, very okay. heavy like you could beat to someone to death about. with it
0: yeah 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 okay no that we had a proper like 50s early 60s television big black phone just like the one this episode that's why i thought it was exciting to nice. see it yeah I this is still in there
1: <laughs> this was a fun to watch episode but it just, the, the, I just found the twist stupid and insulting. And I hope that's, I hope it's not just a sign of things to come and that my shark jumping comment is completely unfounded. <laughs> There's some <laughs> good ones coming. Because, yeah, this is a, I, admittedly, I still have some. Cavender, holes is, in my...
0: Cavender is also coming, as fair warning, but.
1: Okay. I mean, I have some holes in my third season watching, so I may have missed something worse.
0: Oh, and your fourth season, I'm sure you have some holes in, because few people have watched the fourth season of The Twilight Zone. That's pretty interesting. It's not on Pluto TV,
1: so I'll have to find a different way to watch it. Right,
0: because they're all 50-minute episodes instead of 25, so they don't (laughs) fit the We can't stream those. They're too large. They're too large to stream. (laughs) (laughs) We can't fit them in our data pipe. They'll Pluto can't handle it. They'll need to move it over to Corn Cob TV.
1: I mean Bl- Pluto TV. If you if you pause something and go like tab away from it, then when you go back to it, it'll basically force you to watch whatever's on the front page, and you have to reload it six times to get the Twilight Zone to even come back. So, okay, uh, probably I'll best with not with to use Blu-rays. that platform for fifty <laughs> minute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for fifty minutes.
0: Yep, yeah. <sighs> two points to physical media. So for for a while it was
1: the front page thing was like these one of those, uh, reality shows where guys work on trucks or something. So mm-hmm. I'd just be trying to watch something and it'll be like, no, these guys are building a truck. Mm.
0: Um, let let's get to some questions. Who in this episode, if anyone, went into the twilight zone?
1: I mean, no one did because no one in this episode exists. Just kidding. David Gurney did. <laughs> he clearly does exist.
0: He just had a dream, though.
1: Yeah, his wife's different.
0: Did I go to the Twilight Zone because I had a dream before this podcast? Yes. Okay. You did. I mean, I well, I didn't see my wife today because she went to work. She could look different now. I don't know. She it's wasn't possible. in the dream though.
1: It's possible, but the thing is, he his wife is different, so he went to the Twilight Zone. That's oh,
0: okay. The fact that his wife is different, I guess, seals the deal. So otherwise, he yep, just his had a wife changed pretty weird dream. I mean, I'm sure someone's had a dream like this before.
1: Everybody's had a dream. Like, I mean, okay, I haven't had a dream like this, but I don't think that a dream qualifies you for Twilight. So, Because the thing is, the dream had nothing. Now I'm just going to start screaming about this again. The dream has nothing to do with his wife being a different person. <laughs> maybe maybe if, maybe if uh, he woke up and his wife suddenly didn't have an ID and he didn't know who she was. That's like all they really would have needed to fix this. He wakes look, up.
0: Do a midnight sun ending.
1: Yeah, he wakes up. Uh, Wilma's there like, who are you? But that doesn't make sense because he dreamed that he had a wife. I'm your wife. wife. Okay. Well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. Well, but
0: it's a twilight uh, zone. It doesn't have to make sense. And it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, David Gurney is the closest to dream or not and his wife changes. So David Gurney's in the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Now you said earlier it's just some poor schlub thrown into this. Does that mean he does not deserve his trip in the Twilight Zone?
1: I'd say no. He doesn't seem like a a guy who needs to learn that his wife's different. What did he learn? I don't whatever he learned, I don't feel like he really needed to learn it. I don't he doesn't he learned how to steal like cars. He, was, he doesn't seem like he was maybe he was a, maybe he was a subtly terrible person and i was supposed to pick up on that more maybe he did deserve to just be afraid that he didn't exist for a while
0: maybe a, i mean he's entitled 50s white male does that make him deserve it anyway
1: <laughs> i mean but you know by my metric sure but i'm trying to at least measure him by the by the fair like standards of 1965 Powerful to, guys are powerful enough.
0: He he is, I mean, his personality blows. So I mean yeah. he's also he's in a weird situation as well. That could be exacerbating it maybe he's but again, he very quickly goes to shoving his wife against the wall, as you said. So that's not cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he kind of gets violent with everybody who tries to tell him he doesn't exist, which he doesn't in his dream, clearly.
0: Right. So he is so maybe he does deserve it. Yeah, I mean he's a bit of a prick in how he's interacting. Like you said, you be quiet and you plan a little bit. He's thirty-five. He can use this opportunity to start an exciting new life if he wants. But instead, he drives to the bar.
1: Yeah. Well, it's but the thing is, he can drink. The only person he cares about. Yeah, he just cares about Sam, and he thinks Sam is going to save him because Sam. Sam the savior. Maybe that's why he deserves to go to the toilet, Tony's, because he's the idiot who thinks the bartender cares about him.
0: yeah there we go at least he was paying money for his services i was like does he not have yeah. money but that's yeah. it
1: that's exactly it you think the bartender cares for cares about you because you pay them for services it's like <laughs> the the guy who thinks that the waitress is in love with him because she's nice to him because she hook her with a heart of gold because because he's nice to her and tips well probably and probably she's afraid of him
0: mm-hmm <laughs> I think that, though, it's that the plot is as good as it gets, I believe. Well, except he, yeah. I don't,
1: I don't, I don't know what, at least one person I worked with ended up dating a customer and I was just completely baffled by it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I, I've never worked in work I
0: don't know the vibe. So,
1: well, that's nobody will poo poo you about that, but it just seems like a how could that possibly not be awkward? hmm. I I I don't know, I, but also a lot of people who worked together ended up dating or getting married, mm-hmm. which was also kind of awkward, but it's a little more understandable because you can at least relate to those people. But a customer is just you know, they're they're uh, they're there to pay you money for services,
0: All right? Well, let's uh let's put this episode in the tripometer zero, not okay. trippy five, hella trippy.
1: This is kind of a tough one, but I'm gonna say, gonna say three. Okay.
0: Any qualifications? Because
1: you do get some good dream logic, even though it is a dream, even though it is a dream, you, that still doesn't mean it's not trippy. Even if technically those things didn't actually happen.
0: Right. Okay. I guess I was thinking a little more I was thinking of four mm -hmm. I might be falsely inflating it because I just did the one one step beyonds where you know the twist is always (laughs) like it was a ghost you know (laughs) yeah
1: well I've done a little bit of trying to catch up on season three episodes and I'm just immediately like oh
0: this is what trippy is like yeah Um, I should note that this is the first zone I've recorded for four months even though you will hear Mm -hmm. one episode before this so Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's how recording schedules work
1: Yep. Well, um, uh, yeah. That's it's it is trippy. I think that possibly the trippiest thing is just that that when the picture has Wilma in it and then it doesn't, there's just no explanation for that whatsoever. Which is kind of bad writing, but a a trippy thing that happens.
0: Wait, in the photo, is it is it it's him that disappears, not Wilma, right?
1: No, Wilma disappears. It's oh, yeah, that him. doesn't make it. it it's just him going, sense. yay. <laughs> Yeah, why Which, is he, yeah, it does not be in the
0: picture. It should be just Wilma in the picture.
1: Yeah, who took the Well, I mean, obviously somebody else always took the picture. But I the thing is, that'd if, be weird if had they the had a photo that he brought in, they would at least have his name attached to the receipt, right?
0: Well, I mean, maybe maybe the receipt is now smudged or something because it seems reality is changing around him. I guess that's where the dream logic really kicks in. I, he has to be in the yeah. picture because he has the picture. And so even though yeah, Wilma is still a real person, he isn't.
1: I think it's just bad writing. Hmm. Um, but it is trippy.
0: Yeah. So okay. well, there you go. And and I'm you know, maybe it's cheap and lame to just write it off. It was a dream, so it can do that, but I guess that's the page we're on. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: but I mean we're we are d- frequently talking about space nineteen ninety nine, which frequently has things that are trippy but complete nonsense. <laughs> so it's not like it's completely out of our wheelhouse now.
0: But does it does the Twilight Zone? Can do you give the Twilight Zone a little more latitude for nonsense since it isn't quite science fiction, so it doesn't I mean, have to adhere to science.
1: Yeah, uh, this is. But this is just. I I guess I'm just disappointed by the the amount of nonsense that gets piled on at the end here, where it just feels like it would have been so easy to do it better. It would have been just. I mean, maybe doing it better would mean doing something that was too similar to a previous episode but i, I don't know i don't know it, it, just anything would have been better than oh it's a dream and your wife's different yeah I, 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 two unrelated things that don't really work together and neither of them are particularly interesting on separately
0: hmm was a penny for your thoughts uh, dick van dyke that was dick van dyke in that one or was it was it uh, was dick york thing? Dick York. Okay, Dick York wrong and then Orson dick. Bean. Wrong Dick. I got I got the dick wrong. Okay. And then Orson Bean, there's an, an episode with Orson Bean, and that's the one I'm completely forgetting what it is. But uh, whichever it was with uh, Orson Bean, the second one with Dick York, because he's also in the Purple Testament. And this right. one, I kind of feel like our cousins. They kind of have a... Sim- I don't know if they were all Beaumonts or not, but they all have a bit of a similar feel to me.
1: I mean, yeah, A Penny for Your Thoughts was pretty straightforward and that's part of why it works. Yeah. Because the twist is just this guy has powers and then he doesn't because of a penny. I mean, okay, that is a nonsense. It is really a nonsensical twist because it's never explained what the penny does or why it's on its side or it's just just happens. Mm. Like it, the penny doesn't even need to be there really.
0: Now I'm just going jumping to other episodes. Now you're just taking a flamethrower to to other episodes. (laughs) We've already.
1: I'm sure I said the exact same thing three years ago.
0: Mm, maybe, um, although I remember you quite liked, depending for your thoughts as well. So I do. Case, I did. Were, I
1: did like it. I enjoyed it.
0: You're very happy to to grant it the nonsense. Where this one, you're like ah, nonsense. You know, down a um, shoot with you.
1: I do, I don't think the execution for this was. I th- I thought the execution for this was good and close to that. That episode was written by George Clayton Johnson. Okay. Wow, his Wikipedia photo is crazy. <laughs> um but but sorry, but um he wrote oh he wrote like the prime mover. He wrote a game of pool. He wrote kick the can. Mm. So
0: uh that's a different writer. We're just here we'd be focusing on Beaumont, right?
1: Uh it says he wrote Kick the Can. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm talking I'm talking about uh, talk. George Clayton yeah, Johnson. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, nah, I'm talking about No nah, Beaumont right
1: but he re- he also wrote execution and the four of us are dying wow he's he's all over the place
0: yeah i mean most i think it's like was it something like 80 or more of the twilight zones what? are written by serling but we have a couple other regulars so
1: yeah but um yeah sorry i just lost my train of thought completely i I, I don't think this is a poorly executed episode but i think the twist the more i think about the twist the dumber it seems so i don't (laughs) think i'm gonna come around on it ever
0: right okay i guess we'll close it down today in part because my my voice is barely working but uh
1: (laughs) word go uh suck on some menthol cigarettes
0: dick menthol popular tv yeah. star of the 50s <laughs> yeah i'm dick menthol <laughs> smoke them if you got him uh as for this is time enough podcast we are that on x we are that on twitter which is the same thing we're that on facebook mm-hmm. kind of um and then you could support us and other podcasts we do on patreon at podcastio That's where Mark and I talk about Space 1999 and Podcast 1999. We talk about the 100 best films and the 100 worst films as rated by IMDb IMDb viewers, users on... Films and Filth, the Citizen Kane of Podcasting. Yes, I did just completely forget the title for about two seconds. <laughs> and there oh. are video game ones, such as Luke Loves Pokemon about Pokemon, Hyrule Field Report about Zelda, and the Game Game Show where gamers game each other about the games. Okay. Yep. Sputtering. So, you know, let's go out today and see if anyone has morphed into, like, a different person. And and then you will say this is the yeah. smartest episode ever. So. yeah then i'll
1: if if i show up and my roommate is different after i have a dream about not existing then uh you know um just
0: until next time you were right
1: (laughs) until next time listeners try to keep existing